Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. You know when we go from Audio Slave and Foo Fighters to oh, country music, the man must be in the studio. Marty Mornaweg in studio with me. Coulter Nuanas here for hour number two. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback coming at you. If you missed anything in the first hour, check it out on the Nuanas Now podcast. Probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store. And the MSU Bookstore. Coach, what's up? How was your weekend? Oh, it was an exciting weekend. I'll tell you that. How about the Grizz? Four and one. And now look at each game gets even more important, no matter if it's a W or an L. Now, uh, this game is big. Big against Cal Davis. They're both one and one in the conference. And I could see... Whoever wins this game, if they can stack a couple together here, they're going to be in the mix for the Big Sky Conference Championship. Now the Grizz have Idaho the week after. So they're into the thick of it. And what, look at the Big Sky Conference. Look at the parity and high level of parity. I mean, this is a deep, deep conference. It absolutely is. We're going to get to a little bit more on that. Uh, the Monday Afternoon Quarterback, presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank is Montana's brand of banking. And the Monday afternoon quarterback is Montana's version of the NFL. We'll also talk a little Grizz because, of course, Coach Marty, a uh, Grizz great himself, quarterback on the 1982 Big Sky Conference Championship team at Montana. And uh, now on the color commentary for the MTN broadcast, uh, now that we're into Big Sky Conference play. Um, th- th- this Grizz team is so interesting to me, Coach, because they decided right out the gates to try to do this two-quarterback thing. And I didn't know how that was going to go especially when you have a defensive-oriented head coach, yeah, new offensive coordinator, so there's maybe uh, some growing pains there. I know that people want to see guys who can throw the ball all over the place, and the Grizz, some of their most talented players are their skill players on the perimeter. But when they put the big quarterback, McDowell, in, and they run the inside zone and they lean on people, and then they let him make simple throws where he just gets the ball out in space to, to Junior Brigham and Aaron Fonts, to me, it seems like that's the best chance for the Grizz to win. So... McDowell is a big man. He's reasonably fast, a decent runner uh, with the football. Not 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 a great one. Not not a Lamar Jackson type, but he's he's very good at that. And here's the thing: he throws the ball better than just well enough. That's right. I, I think he throws the ball uh, pretty well, better than most people give him credit for. So, yes, I think that's the, the best situation. You know, I thought it was a little odd. Vidlak, the only plays he got was the two-minute at the end of the half. Right. So it just looked to me like McDowell just hadn't had enough experience within their two-minute situation uh, uh, because Vidlak, and Vidlak came in off the bench cold, wet, and did a reasonably good job. Uh, it, nothing happened there because of uh, a little uh, too much pressure. But he made a couple of great throws. So I think they've got two solid to solid plus quarterbacks there with a pretty good defense. And look, at, if the ball bounces their way, 
once or twice against some of these good teams as they make a couple big plays. If their defense creates uh, a couple turnovers like they have been doing per game, they may very well be in the thick of it down the stretch. Text in from a listener on this exact subject. Appreciate you for texting in. 406-888-1029 if you want to be a part of the show. There's no secrets in football. Run the ball. Be more physical as a team. Play knock your teeth out defense and win the turnover battle. Ask Gary Eckergan, Jack Johnson, or Tom Osborne to name a few. <laughs> Gary Eckergan, my high school coach. Jack Johnson, probably the greatest high school coach in Montana uh, history there at Great Falls CMR. 13 state championships uh, to his name. And then, of course, Tom Osborne, the great one at Nebraska, one of the great college coaches Well, uh, wait a minute time. now. We're talking about high school, <laughs> and then we're talking about Tom Osborne in the 1970s. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I mean, really, I, I, re- I know this. With a couple outliers, sure. and maybe at the 1AA level, you, it might be um, two yep. outliers yep. per decade, you need to have a passing game with precision to win the whole thing. Now, you can win a lot of games, but to win the national championship, typically, typically you have to have a precision pass game. Why? Because at some point down the stretch and into the playoffs, same with the NFL, right? You are going to have a game where you're down by 10 in That's the right. fourth quarter, That's right. down by 14 in the third quarter. That's right. And you have to have precision. And if you don't do it during the regular season, then how on earth do you think you're going to do it when all the chips are on the table? This is the conundrum for the Montana schools and the Big Sky Conference in general because the Big Sky forever and ever was known as this high-flying league. But these last 10 years, the two teams that have dominated the subdivision have been North Dakota State and South Dakota State. And when they play the Big Sky teams, the defining factor has been running the ball down those teams' throats. But what do those teams have that have gotten them over the top? North Dakota State's got four straight guys that have gone to the NFL, and South Dakota State's guy right now, I think he's the best guy in the whole country at quarterback. So even yeah. if you have a bruising run game, you got to have a quarterback. You have to have a quarterback. You have to have a precision pass game. Now, it doesn't have to be the old whack BYU passing game or, right. or, or an NFL-type passing game. North Dakota State has a pretty simple pass game, but they're very good. When they throw the football and they get talented quarterbacks, back to back to back NFL type guys. Well, I always ask you the update on your boys. Your older son Sky coaching at Columbia, younger son Bobby Cade coaching at North Dakota State. Columbia played Friday night, is that right? Friday night on ESPN U. That's cool. It was a rough go for the family this weekend. <laughs> yeah, who, how do who they Columbia lost play? a tough one? Columbia at Princeton okay. in the rain. Yeah. So it was kind of a mess. They could have won the game. They lose by three. Uh, that would have been a big one for them because that, that would have spurred them to sort of have an opportunity in the Ivy League. Uh, now they gotta, they're kind of like the Grizz. they got to string some back-to-back-to-back-to-back to, back to, back to, back, yep. uh, to win that conference. And then North Dakota State. This was the shocker of the entire country. 26.5-point favorites, I believe, at home. To South Dakota. Not and South Dakota State, South Dakota. And South Dakota gets them in another tough, hard physical. Now, the game is shortened by rule now. That's right. Because they, they, they don't stop the clock after every first down, only the, the last two minutes a half in game. And if you have that philosophy of running the football, right, it shortens it even a little bit more. So some of these college games that used to go on forever, and the best team typically won the game, even if they screwed it up early, 
because the game is so long? That may not be happening quite as much anymore because the game certainly is shorter. Week five brought upsets across the FCS. North Dakota State lost uh, to South Dakota. Um, William and Mary, who was number four in the country, they also lost 14 to six to Elon. And uh, he had a couple other top 25s go down, including Youngstown State losing. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, we, are, we think about this in the NFL a lot, too. Sometimes the most unpredictable weeks in the NFL are like weeks three, four, five, and six because you never know who's gotten hurt, who's, you know, on the outs because things haven't gone their way so well or who's, you know, playing with a lot of confidence because things have gone better than they expected. Is there anything to that, though, Coach? I mean, the last weekend of September, a ton of upsets on the national level. I mean, it, 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 I don't know. What, what, do you, what do you point to? You don't quite know how good or bad a team is yet. That's it's right. just that simple. And there there could be a, a several teams like Montana. They laid a big egg in Flagstaff sure. against a team that likely is way better than anybody thought. Well, see, and that's the other thing I wanted to ask you about. We talk all about the skill and talent of quarterbacks, and, and that's one part of the evaluation. But the confidence that a quarterback can instill in your football team is another thing altogether. NAU was was they were doing nothing the first three games of the year. They're, the guy they brought in as a transfer from Cal, he throws four picks in the first half against Utah Tech, and they're getting run out of the building. They're down 37-7. to seven. Right. They put the freshman in. He he leads four touchdown drives in the second half, and they, they end up losing the game by 14, which is a heck of a lot better than the 35. And then the next week they beat the Grizz, and then the next week they take Sac State all the way down the wire and only lose by one. The kid is a good player, but it seems like he's got the whole rest of the team playing well because of the confidence that he instills. That's right. Don't underestimate the ability of one or maybe two players to juice a team up and then their playmaking ability. There's teams that have one or two players that win an awful lot of games because those one or two players are so athletic. Well, we saw this exact same thing with Montana State a couple of years ago. They come into Missoula and they get routed by the Grizz and then they bench their fourth-year junior starter and put in a freshman and boom, they win three playoff games, go all, all the way to the natty. So, I mean, it can't be done, especially at the college level. Sometimes those young guys just give you that spark. Yes, I totally agree. A little momentum, a little confidence. Well, listen, I was at NAU early yeah. because my wife and I made the road trip because she, of course, went to NAU. And sure. We met there, so we spent some extra time there. But I was talking to the head coach, the coordinators, and some of the players. Yep. And I would just ask, well, give me one thing that can get you over the hump because you're a talented. And they go... Confidence. Confidence. That's all we need because we have really good coaches. We have talented uh, players on this team. We just need a little confidence and things to go our way, and it sure happened for them. Uh, I would expect them to get better and better as the season goes on. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mornaweg in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. It's presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference as a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana. Stockman Bank committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means for you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and your neighbors. So last question on the college front before we get into some NFL, Coach. Uh, 
what would you do if you were Montana with the quarterback situation? Would you keep trying to play both guys? Would you lean on one or the other? No, I don't even think they've tried to really play both guys. They have right. my style. Right. It's they've given right. a guy a half, totally. and then the next guy the other half. Your style would it. be kind of series to series, right? Or even within the same oh, series? Oh, yeah. Man, keep You need the, the man... That's calling the play, you know, which when yeah. I was a coordinator, I was typically down on the side and calling. Like, let's say I had Mike Vick, right, as my Wildcat guy or Lamar Jackson he, on my hip. Right. Every second, because of the threat of that man going in. Right. Right? Does things to the uh, defensive coordinator uh, that you're playing. To the point where we had a little thing about every fourth play, no matter if I'm hollering for you, slip your helmet on. Take two, three steps toward the field. You know, all of those things go into it, but the threat of that man going in the game is big. So the Grizz chose not to do it that way. They chose to just figure out who the best quarterback is. And I would suspect, this was, this is my prediction, uh, that McDowell, uh, he took sort of took the bull by the horns yep. in an important game and ran with it, yep. right? And I would expect him to go the whole way now, uh, even in two-minute offense, I, I think they tried to use Vidlak there just because that was sort of his strength. And, and the package that they had prepared for him as well. I don't know how much McDowell had operated that, but I think now that he's got a big sky wind under his belt, maybe they do go with him. We'll see. I mean, one thing that I, uh, you know, sources say, Kielili Ayat, the, the freshman kid from Hawaii, he was taking some reps last week up. So we'll see. We'll see what uh, where Montana goes. Um, but I just think that with McDowell, you have a little bit more of an identity that's cohesive to what you want to do as a football team uh, if you're the Grizzlies. Now, Coulter, with I, I, we, we have the old truck meeting on Fridays over at the stadium. Mm-hmm. So I peek at their walkthrough, and then at the end of the walkthrough, they have the young fellows out there uh, for a pretty good practice for, oh, I don't know, it's 10, 20 plays, something sure. like that. Ayat can throw the football. Absolutely can. Period. So that's a good sign for yep. his future. I mean, when I was watching him during fall camp, when they're all thrown into the net, Ayat throws it just as good as anybody else on the squad. He's got he's got a real deal arm, and he comes from. I mean, I know his high school stats were, were sort of pedestrian, but you got to realize that the level he was playing. I mean, though that level in Hawaii. Most of the guys you're playing against are going to the FBS. I mean, it's a crazy level of talent. So. Yeah, and look, Neil Omax playing an option type of offense <laughs> totally. in high school. You know, so all that doesn't matter. <laughs> right. You know, his daddy was really, really, really good. Yep. And the son looks like he can throw the ball. I will tell you that there are uh, more than a handful of guys that can drop back and throw the football, look good in, 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 in warm-ups and and. and, and all. But only a select few can actually play the quarterback position at a high level. Monday afternoon, quarterback coach Marty Mornowick in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas here on ESPN Radio. I'm sure a great many of you were watching Sunday Night Football last night, and in fact, a record number was watching Sunday Night Football. And it's not even has it has nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. Has everything to do with who Travis Kelsey's dating. This has gotten <laughs> way too much run on this show already. But I do want to ask you, Coach. Not any sort of thought about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, because that's not relevant to what I want to talk about. But it really is a huge distraction, for lack of a better word. How would you manage this? Or, or do you not even acknowledge it if you're a coach oh, in no, the NFL? Oh, no, you embrace it. You embrace yeah, it. Sure. I, I, but let me tell you, there's a lot of those things going on right. that aren't sort of uh, on national on camera, TV. Right? And <laughs> totally. all, but there is a lot of people, you know, you go to Dallas, 
Right. Oh, my goodness. You've got all the Dallas who are, you know, in San, when we were in San Francisco. Yeah. You know, the Doobie Brothers, uh, uh, film stars, all those right. things. And uh, many of them are friends with the owner, of course. So they're in the locker room, on the sideline. It, it's it's kind of crazy. So you, you sort of have to embrace it with some. You know, look, when you come in from pregame, all the TVs are off. Everybody's out. Right, right, right. Okay, so so you you have to do that part of it, but embrace it, have some fun with it, and I think they do. Well, if there's anybody that can handle it, it's the Chiefs. They they've already been yeah. the target on their back for the last several years. I mean, Kelsey's got as much swagger as anybody in the league. I mean, he's all time great player already, and you know, and they have one of the all time great coaches in football as well uh, in Andy Reid. But last night, the Jets gave them all they could handle and then some. I thought in the post game. I loved Chris Jones and Rodney Harrison going back and forth because Rodney Harrison was trying to dog on Zach Wilson. He's like, this kid has been nothing but garbage. And then he got going against you guys. How do you explain it? And Chris Jones was like, well, man, I mean, the kid just needed a chance. He needed to get some reps, and, and he's special. And Rodney Harrison's like, he's not special. He's no good. And Chris Jones like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. This kid is really good. He just needs some experience. So I love that Chris Jones pushed back on him. Regardless, uh, Wilson has been... Um, disappointing to this point as the number two overall pick out of BYU. But last night, he looked great. I mean, is this just a matter of a young kid getting more reps? Or what would you think of... Uh, well, just... until the end. Right. Uh, you, you know, so until I'm, the end, right. I'm, I'm, I mean, look, he's taking so much heat. He's had many opportunities now. He has, for And sure. he hasn't made good on with a good defense, right? All right, so it seems like, is this just an experience type thing? Sure. Right? So when he gains experience, gains confidence, because he's on a pretty good football team now, right? For sure. Then, then it clicks for him. Or is this a young man that is always going to be there, uh, you know, a drop snap or, or, or an interception right at the wrong time? Is yeah. this a man that's just good enough to lose you most games? Or is this a man that... It clicks for you, and you go on and win a couple Super Bowls. It, it's so funny because sometimes it does click and sometimes it doesn't click, right? Like so many different teams waited for it to click with Marcus Mariota, and it never could quite click. He would always make those crucial mistakes. But there's a, a bunch of guys you can say that about. Then there's the other ones where it does click, and then all of a sudden they become great quarterbacks. So. And it might not click till year three, four. Right. Now, usually if it doesn't by that time, there are some outliers. Uh, that bounced around and had a, a big year or two. Uh, but it goes back to instincts. So is, is the young man missing the instinctual type of play? And what, what does that mean? Well, typically it means he feels things and sees things that normal people don't. It just sort of comes naturally to him. He typically does the right thing with the football. At any position, you know, receiver, running back, quarterback, but especially that quarterback position. And if a young man doesn't have the instincts, uh, he can only go so far. It puts sort of a cap on him. There's some kind of non-instinctual players that have gone far, though, because they're so adept at throwing the football to spots. The Chiefs, their offense, they're not scoring quite as many points. Yeah. Why do you think that is? They're not scoring quite as many points yet. Yet, right? You, you know, now look at the defensive coordinators in every offseason now. Yeah. And same with the offensive coordinators. I mean, they are working overtime 
to stop Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And then it's a little bit cyclic. Then the Chiefs will catch up right. to some of these schemes. We have saw that a couple years ago That's right. where they started poorly. I think it was mostly turnovers. Sure, everybody then. was playing shells, and they were daring yeah. McCombs to throw into coverage, and he yeah. threw a couple ill-advised picks. But then they adjusted, and they still made it all the way to the championship game. Yeah, he, he threw a, a couple bad picks last night. And then, and then what drama that was. I mean, that, that was... Uh, that was drama with the P.I. at the end of the game yep. on the New York Jets when they intercepted Patrick Mahomes for the third time. I thought that was a ticky-tack call there. So uh, that's why all eyeballs are on that National Football League because of that drama. You want to now ESPN Radio, SWX by Television, the ESPN MT app. Before we get to some of our... It's not our overreactions, just the general overreactions that always come with the NFL week to week. What do you think of these games in London? Anytime they happen, I always forget. And then I'm like up making breakfast. I'm like, oh, I'm getting fancy football alerts already. There's games on at 7 o'clock in the morning. Nah, it's like, yeah, 7 in the morning. (laughs) I do not like the London thing. Now, because I only did it once. Yeah. I was in the league for 26 years. I only went once. Uh, And it was a mess uh, for us. Uh, that ball game, if you remember, it was the first time of the kneeling thing, and all, and it was a mess. And it was against a, a decent team, and offensively we weren't very good. We were worn out. We got off the, the you, you know, uh, all the experts and all that. We studied it and all, and we we got off the bus, went to the hotel, went to practice. I mean, oh my gosh, guys were sleepwalking, you know. Oh yeah. I re- I really would do that much differently. I'd give them at least twenty four hours. Off the plane, right? Just to just to get a breath of fresh air, get some sleep, and all that. Because you think they're going to sleep on the plane, they really don't. Some of them do, many of them don't. But it is good for the National Football League. It's good for the league. Monday afternoon, quarterback with Coach Marty Marty Mortowick in studio with us. It's presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank blends traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology. They provide time-tested products and services for people who truly care about you and your financial success. I had this whole calamity with my car, and it's owned by the business, and I had all these different things. Not going to bore you with the details. The point is, I needed to get rid of this thing. I needed to get some refinancing done. I needed to move some stuff around. These guys helped me so much at Stockman Bank. The best part about it is you call, you don't have to talk to a robot. You get to talk to a real person. (laughs) You get to go in there and talk to somebody that lives in Missoula, which is just a great thing. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. We'll do some uh, overreactions from the weekend. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Jewelry Design Center is not your average jewelry store. The friendly, welcoming staff is so excited to be in Montana, and the craftsmanship, unique creativity, care, and artisanship you'll receive at the Jewelry Design Center is second to none. Is there anything you guys can't do? We don't cut diamonds, <laughs> okay, yeah. but we can facilitate that. <laughs> right. It's unique that we cast our own metal, we grow our own models, we hand carve, as well as use computer-aided technology to design. We're pushing the limits of what we had previously thought was impossible. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. White Yoakum for you on the way back here on this Monday. It's Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mortaway, more than a quarter century in the NFL. Happy to have him back for yet another season breaking down all things National Football League. It's presented by Stockman Bank. Montana's brand of banking, this is Montana's brand 
of NFL. Coach, first of all, we got to talk about the way that the uh, Eagles and, and Commanders game ended yesterday. Uh, first of all, the, the Commanders were in full control of the first half. Then, as expected, Eagles come roaring back. They take the lead. Then it's back and forth. But it's tied 24-24 uh, late in the fourth quarter. And Jalen Hurts drops one of the bucket. A.J. Brown scores a touchdown with a minute and 43 seconds left. But that gives the Commanders the ball back. And then all of a sudden, they get going and they end up tying the game. And then uh, at the end, you know, when they when they score with uh, no time left on the clock, they could have gone for two for the win. So just take us through the whole thing. First of all, start with Philadelphia. If you're Philly, why go for the touchdown rather than the field goal there? Well, it's not like going for the touchdown. I'm sure the great Jalen Hurts was going through his progression and got a one-on-one matchup. Now, yeah. look, at they're on the, like, the 28-yard line. Right. I mean, so 30, 40, what, a 45-yard field goal-ish? Right, right. You, you know, if they gain no yards. So they're they're still in the attack mode. The game's tied, right? They're trying to stick a dagger into their opponent rather than slow it down at that point. Now, if they were further down there where mm-hmm. it was more of a chip shot, grind the clock, kick the field goal as a walk-off. All right. So that happened. Uh, but then Ron, my good friend Ron Rivera, mm-hmm. and Lindsay and I, my wife Lindsay, were sitting there watching it. And I said, well, if they score here, Ron should go for two. Right. And my wife's going, why? And it's just an analytics type of situation where you do use the point spread. What were the eight and a half point underdogs right. on the road yep. in Philadelphia? The thought process is this. If you're the big underdog, especially on the road, go for two. Why? Because typically, the longer the game goes, so if it goes into overtime, the better team will come out victorious. So I was quite surprised that Ron Rivera did not go for two there, and it turned out as a loss for them. Uh, Now, look, if they went for two and missed it, Oh, the second guess, right, people. Right, right. Why didn't you go into overtime? You just scored. That's part of the the debate sometimes. Right. Oh, well, we just scored. We've got momentum for overtime. Right. Right. And if we get the ball, we're going to go score again. Well, that that doesn't work out quite the same always. So the Commanders tied it. It goes to overtime. Then the Eagles get a stop, even though Washington had so much momentum. And then the Eagles turned into a 54-yard field goal uh, from Jake Elliott, and they win 34-31. Philadelphia now 4-0, one of two 4-0 teams in the National Football League. We'll get to the other one in just a minute. But one team that got knocked from the ranks of the unbeaten, who was a team that a lot of people were saying was playing as good as anybody in the NFL, well, they got it straight-handed to them in upstate New York. Buffalo a statement over the Miami Dolphins. They hit roll up 48 points on Miami. Uh, Coach, what'd you think of this one? I, I thought it was uh, Buffalo. Definitely, uh, you could tell they wanted to take it to that uh, division. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Sean McDermott, another good friend of mine, a head coach for the Bills. He is coordinating that defense now. You, right. you know, Leslie left. Leslie Frazier, yeah. You know, uh, last year. Uh, and so, what a great job they did against Miami's offense. I. I sort of suspected that Miami was a little overblown right. early in the season. I think they caught some teams totally off guard. That's right. And, they, and then the Bills had enough film to have a really good game plan mm-hmm. and sort of temper uh, the Miami's offense. And then the Bills looked fabulous on offense as well against a pretty good Miami defense. The, the Miami, the stuff, some of the stuff Miami's doing, I, I wonder, uh, first of all, as you always say, 
if teams haven't seen it before, it could take it by surprise. But once they've seen it, they'll have a plan for it, mm-hmm. or at least some sort of a plan. I also, though, there's a couple things that Miami does that I wonder if the league looks at. Like, they have this one where they bring the running back uh, uh, to the other side. Like, he's lined up in the in the gun next to the quarterback, and he comes to the other side. He never really stops. And then he, he, it's almost like a running start at the line, and they send him on a corner to the end zone. Yeah, I just wonder if the league's going to take a look at some of the stuff, because they have some stuff where... It's pretty hard to defend. It's all cyclic. Right. Because uh, <laughs> somebody uh, will just Paul find a way Brown to defend that, right? was doing that way back <laughs> yeah, when totally. Bill Walsh was doing it, of course, in the 70s and 80s. So so it's it's cyclic. You know, some things come back. You know, the full house. You know, sure. three in the back, that's kind of come back a little bit, I've I mean, noticed, in Bob, college I mean, and Bobby Houck has been running it yeah. down near the goal line. They ran the... Yeah. Like, we make fun of it, call it the T-bone. It's not really the T-bone, but he, they run it where they have the quarterback and then they have three running backs. Yeah. And they ran like variations of it multiple times down the red zone. They had a wide receiver throw a pass off of it. So uh, it is. There's, there's some creativity uh, going on. But it's all cyclic. There's very few things that uh, haven't already been done. I've told you this story before. I was coaching at Missouri. Very, very young. Don Farrell. The great legendary coach at Missouri was watching film in his office. Of course, he was retired but still had an office. Yeah. I mean, it was like 1952 or whatever. <laughs> He's watching film. Missouri's an empty, no-back shotgun. Right. And I'm, I walked by and I went, Coach, what is that? What year is that? You know, and, and he, he explained to me why he did. So, look it. I thought the Dallas Cowboys invented the shotgun, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that, that was a, a couple decades before that. So, so it's all cyclic, right? And and I know Andy Reid uh, uh, and his staff do this. They go way back in the archives and see if something back in the day is relevant to today's game. One of my favorite books, I have it over there. It's called The Undefeated. It's by Jim Dent. It's all about the late 1940s Oklahoma Sooners. And similar stuff, like what Bud Wilkinson was doing back then is like what the zone read or like the, the read option is now. People just, you know, they just put it in the gun. And then all of a sudden, you know, Urban Meyer looks looks like he changed the whole game. But really, he's just running stuff that Oklahoma was running in the 40s and the 50s. Same yeah, thing, right? That, that's right. And put a little different twist. <laughs> that's right. Put a little different personnel, formation, motion shift to keep your opponent off bounds. I will tell you, you mentioned there's two, two, uh, uh, excuse me, four, no, two, yep. there's, there's two of those. There's two. They still haven't won a game. That's right. I believe there's seven teams that are two and one. Seven teams that are one and two. Everybody else is two and two. We talked about the parody in the Big Sky. It's crazy. That's what the NFL wants. Is that yep. parody? Uh, two teams that have been struggling a little bit. <coughs> New England couldn't do nothing on offense yesterday against the Cowboys. Cowboys definitely got right after laying an egg against Arizona. You could tell they were certainly fired up and ready to go. But New England looked, I mean, non-existent offensively. And Atlanta is a team that's invested so much in their offense. You're talking about top 10 picks three years in a row. They picked Drake London out of USC at number 8. Picked Kyle Pitts out of Florida, the big tight end, at number 4. And then they picked B. John Robinson at number 8 this last year out of Texas. Those guys got major talent. And, and the Falcons are good up front. And they're handing the keys to this third round draft pick in Desmond Ritter, and he's just he do, he just doesn't doesn't have much juice. So I mean, what do you think about those two quarterback situations? Because those two teams are teams that seems like that's the the very specific spot that's holding them back. Now, every quarterback situation is different, <clears throat> right? So I would say no in general. And here's my philosophy because 
I made a mistake when I was very young, right? And pulled the trigger too quick right. on, a, on, a, on a guy. Right. Now, he wasn't very good, he ended up not being very good, but still, I, I, I didn't like what I did. So here is my philosophy. You hang with the guy that you selected until everybody in the stadium, including his mother and grandmother, <laughs> understand it's time right. to make a move. Don't give up right before the baby's born. Don't give up on a young, talented player, especially at the quarterback position too early. I, I'm just so interested because Bailey Zappi, who's the Patriots backup, when he got a chance, he looked pretty good. And uh, Taylor Heineke, who's the backup in Atlanta, he was like pretty functional in Washington last year. I mean, he was certainly a middle-of-the-road guy. He's not a top-10 guy, but he was... He was not bad. He was better than a lot of the, the other guys in the league. So we'll, we'll see. I just think that both those teams are maybe closer than they deserve credit for. The Patriots are a weird situation because that division is all of a sudden stacked. It used to be the Patriots and nobody else. Now it's everybody but the Patriots uh, yeah. in the AFC East. But the <laughs> NFC South, I mean, Tampa Bay is one of the surprises in the league. But, I mean, Atlanta, they should be able to be in the mix in that uh, division. So we'll see. We'll see how long they can stay. Uh, with Desmond Ritter. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty here uh, on Nuanas Now. Cooper Cup not off the injury reserve yet, but he's practicing a little bit. But Puka Nakua is off to, in terms of targets, catches, and yards, the best start in NFL history. He's got more catches and more yards than anybody through the first four games in the history of the league. Part of that's the system that they run. I mean, he's stepping in for a guy in Cup that was getting thrown the ball 15 times a game. So you're obviously going to have some production. But what do you, I mean, what do the Rams do if and when Cup comes back. Coulter, that's an easy one. Yeah, right. You pay Play him with Cup. Yeah, right. I, I mean, it's simple, right? Yeah. I mean, there is always room in an offensive formation for your very best players, and, and, and both those guys are the very best. Now they can get even more creative and a system, right? We talk about system, right? And Sean McVay's system, I know this. It's big enough and varied enough to handle just about any style of player that he, he runs into that can help them win games. So I would suspect that you would see both of them on the field for a high percentage of plays moving forward. One of the most uh, unexpected teams that's really struggling right now is the Cincinnati Bengals. They fell to 1-3 yesterday. I mean, it was a no contest. They were down 24 nothing in the first half. They ended up losing 27-3 to to a Titans team that's been up and down. And now Cincinnati sits at 1-3. and Joe Burrow played in this game, but he didn't look like he was moving very well. Is it time to panic yet for Cincinnati? Yeah, you can't panic. No panic. No, Not even a flinch, right? You can't do that. However, the Cincinnati Bengals must string together some victories. I'm talking four, five, six, seven, eight in a row to get back in this thing at one and three. They understand that. Uh, they're big boys, all right? Uh, they've got some veterans on that team. No doubt. They're going back to work, and they're going to try to put, let's say, five or six, seven, eight victories in a row and then get back into the playoff mix. It's going to be so hard for them because that division is so stacked. So we'll see uh, what the future may hold. But uh, Cincinnati's been one of the best in the AFC. One and three start, certainly tenuous at best if you're the Bengals. Uh, how about the Houston Texans, though? Texans got back-to-back victories by more than 20 points. They blew the doors off the Jags last week, and you think, okay, maybe an anomaly. Maybe the Jags are reading their own headlines. Maybe they overlooked them. But then this week, they come back and just pound the Steelers. I mean, it was no contest. This is one of the biggest blowouts of the week. What have you thought of the Texans so far? Well, I like them. I I, I think they kind of came out of nowhere. They've got some talent on that team. 
and Stroud is better than I thought he would be at this stage in his career. I thought his best years would be like year two or three. Yeah. He's he's playing pretty well. Now, don't be surprised if he makes some mistakes moving forward here right. in his rookie year. You have to anticipate some of those. But he's playing a little bit better than I thought he would play with the Texans at this point. Oh, that's what I was uh, going to ask you. It's only four games, right? So there's going to be lots of ebbs and flows. Bryce Young has been, eh, okay, but he's also been hurt already. Anthony Richardson's actually been pretty good, except for he's been hurt as well. Uh, Stroud has been awesome. But it's not, you can't evaluate this stuff until afterward, you know, a year or even two years into this, right? Yeah. Evaluate after one month is a fool's errand. The NFL season alone is a marathon. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, look, look, there are four games played. Uh, well, we've got a game tonight. But, sure. But basically four games played. That's one quarter. Uh, in, in fact, now it's even less. But many coaches would break break it down into quarters of the season, four quarters of the season. So uh, teams that are two and two, they're in the mix. I mean, there will be a team or two come out of the bottom uh, and string together six, seven, eight wins in a row, like I was, or seven out of eight, something like that, to get back in the playoff picture and make the playoffs. There's always one or two of those teams. That, that, that occurs uh, throughout uh, history. And one team that I think that you and I were both on coming into this year that has been up to expectations and then some, and the fact that they have a front-loaded schedule where they've got to play several teams in their division, the Baltimore Ravens have been great. And they went into Cincinnati yesterday. I know the, the Browns didn't have Deshaun Watson. What you talk about, removing a quarterback that instills confidence in his team, that's a perfect example of that because Watson hasn't necessarily been putting up crazy stats or anything, but he's been a great you know sort of captain of that offense, and they're letting their defense go to work. But yesterday... Ravens look great. I mean, they, they just stomped on them right away and then just never let them get back in the game. And even with two offensive linemen out, J.K. Dobbins is out. We thought, we both agreed that Ravens are going to be pretty good this year, and they've been great out, out of the gates. The Ravens are a well-put-together team. Eric DaCosta, the general manager. Ozzie still has his fingers in uh, a little bit. They are deep. They're yeah. talented and they're deep. So a few injuries here and there, as long as it's not Lamar, exactly. uh, because he's a special, special guy. So they have a very good defense with a generational type of quarterback and a unique type of quarterback that uh, throws the football better than anybody would have expected him to. You know, most most teams had him when he was coming out as a non-quarterback. Right. Uh, you know, I, he just had quarterback instincts, and and uh, it's not surprising that he's done this well. Well, they also gave him some weapons finally, too, right? Yes. I mean, they've always had, uh, you know, good tight ends, and, and Mark Andrews is an underrated guy, I think. I think he's one of the better tight ends in the league. But they just, I mean, they've just been this revolving door of receivers. Now yeah. they, well, they missed, they missed on some highly drafted yes, right. guys for like a decade. I know. I mean, they had to get Steve Smith, who I call one of the great underrated players oh, maybe. now. Steve Smith Steve is Smith, a man. Tough. So tough. Steve Smith was tough and talented. Now, I loved coaching him. But they had to get free agents uh, because they missed them. And so finally, I think they've they've done a pretty good job of drafting in the last couple drafts. I mean, the kid they got in the first round this year, Zay Flowers, he's been a really great addition. And then, you know, you had Elson, uh, Nelson Aguilar, who's, you know, solid. He's okay. Yep. He's solid. And then, and then all of a sudden, when you have two 
good receivers. Now the tight end looks even better, and you just have more weapons. Yeah, and and, and they still use the free agency uh, really spectacularly as, as well. Monday afternoon quarterback presented by Stockman Bake, Montana's brand of baking. This is Montana's brand of NFL. We'll take a look at tonight's game right after this. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultilaw.com. One, two, three. Now on ESPN Radio. Is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty Mornaweg. We're in a quarter century in the NFL, breaking down all things NFL during the second hour of Monday's show each week here on Nuanas Now. Appreciate Coach Marty for chiming in. Also appreciate Stockman Bank for their continued support of our Monday afternoon quarterback, Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. Uh, two teams remain undefeated in the NFL, Philadelphia and San Francisco. Uh, the Monday Night Football game tonight, by the way, is uh, the uh, Seahawks at the Giants. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. But I wanted to ask you, Coach, right now, if you had to g- give me your power rankings through a month of the football season, how would your power rankings in the NFL go? Just give me your top five. Okay. Here is my top five. The honorable mention teams. Dallas, Baltimore, Miami. Those three did not make it. Mm-hmm. And I'll go number five. The Detroit Lions. Wow. I think they're a little bit better than people think. I think their culture, their toughness, their preparation, I think they've got all that, and I think they're uh, quite talented. They're good on defense, too. You and I have been texting. They're better. They're better on defense, and they're better than we thought they were going to be on defense, too. Yeah, they added a few players to that defense, uh, and my... My friend is is doing a good job of coordinating that thing, and they're they're really dynamite on offense. They are number four, the Buffalo Bills. After that big win, my I think they're they're, they're they dominated that game in every aspect. Yep. over the Dolphins, every it was just a bleep kicking. Yep. That's what it was. Yep. All right, I was so interested to see that game, and then and then uh, the the Bills just dominated. Number three, the San Francisco. 49ers, I think they're just loaded. They, they the, the next three teams, I think, are loaded talent-wise with depth. Uh, number two, the now look, and I'm biased uh, to m- many of these teams, sure. the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurst. They are a deep, they're well-put-together team. Yep. Howie Roseman, they've got a winner at the quarterback spot. The yep. man wins games, yep. period. Sometimes it doesn't look pretty, but he wins ball games. He always has, right? Yep. 
Number one, the Kansas City Chiefs, forget about the slow start, not scoring enough, all this stuff. Don't worry about that. They'll start lighting it up at some point. We're pretty we're pretty close. My honorable mentions were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been one of the surprises in the NFL so far, but they're leaning on that defense, and their defense is really good. I also had uh, the Miami Dolphins and an honorable mention, and I also had the Detroit Lions, just one spot out. So you had them at five, I had them at six, basically. I got the Bills at six, so we're, we're pretty close here. I got the Ravens at uh, at Bills at five. Excuse me. I got the Ravens at four. Yeah. Just because I just think that Action Jackson is just the man. I, I just think that he gives you such a great chance to win, and when you have a great defense like that and a great coach, uh, that takes you a long ways. But I got Philly at three. But I think you can make the the top three interchangeable. Philly, San Francisco, and Kansas City. You can make arguments for to rank them any which way, right? And I totally agree with you when you got a winner like Jalen Hurts, but also. And they had the best pass rush, one of the best pass rushes in NFL history last year. And then, because they have a great culture and a great organization, they can take a risk on a guy that has, you know, quote-unquote character issues in Jalen Carter. And he's been the best rookie in the league uh, defensively. And you add him to the group that already has Hassan Reddick and all these other guys, and now all of a sudden you bolster the ranks even more. You knew that that football team, because I know them very well, yeah. they were salivating. Oh, man. With Carter slipping and slipping and slipping right down to him. I mean, the guy could have been the number one pick. They get him at nine. That's pretty amazing to add to that defensive front. I got KC at two. Uh, I think that if you got Patrick Mahomes, you're the Super Bowl favorite. I do think that Kansas City still is the Super Bowl favorite. But I just got him number two right now because I do think they have a little bit of a, a gap to close in terms of uh, getting back uh, to the, the as prolific as they're going to need to be offensively. But I do agree with you. I think they'll get there. And then my number one is San Francisco just because I think they're the most talented team. But they're the team that's built on the backs of stars. And we've seen this in the past. If one of those guys go down or multiple of those guys go down, then it's it's really, really tough to have success. At the right position. But San Francisco is deep. But you're right. The the injury bug has really affected them. Not, not as much last year, but... The two, two years right, before that, right. I mean, it was like year after year with the injury bug got San Francisco. But look, last year, uh, you know, it was Kansas City and, and the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in the final game, San Francisco game. was in the it was in the uh, the finals. The San Fran and Bills and Detroit. I think I think you could intermix any one of those in. Whoever stays reasonably healthy, the ball may have to bounce their way once. Uh, you know, during the, the playoffs, uh, uh, any one of those teams could end up winning uh, the Super Bowl. I find it fascinating that there's so much parity in the NFL, but the same top teams remain the same top teams. And I think that's a testament to two things. Organizational stability and having your guy at quarterback. That's what all those teams got. Everybody that's in the top, let's say, eight or ten typically yep. has a top quarterback. And there's a, there's a there will be a couple teams with a great quarterback that don't make the playoffs for some type of reason. It's typically, it's injury-riddled season. Only about 45 seconds left, but the Seahawks, two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Giants tonight. Uh, you bet on this game any Sports Bet Montana kiosk across the state of Montana. Go to Sports Bet Montana, click on locations, find where there's a kiosk near you. Uh, the Giants haven't looked good in primetime yet this year. The Seahawks have been okay, but I think that they have uh, a pretty good offense. What do you think of this game? Yeah, well, uh, you, you know, you mentioned earlier that the Seahawks 
this this could end uh, this could spur them and destroy the Giants' season, yes. ba basically. Yeah. Or it could go the other way, and the Giants are back in the mix <laughs> at two and two, and Seattle uh, stays right there at two and two. So uh, this will be fascinating tonight. I'm really interested in watching this ball game. A full prep slate for you tomorrow, plus some baseball conversations. We'll see you at four o'clock. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure – uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.